0: Time ships. Oh no! Here we go! <laughs> Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? So, 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 so. It's a tradition. Here, here. Ja <laughs> ja, homie, my uh, main uh, man, uh, quick. Uh,
1: before uh, the separatists uh, attack, uh, get into uh, the escape pod. Uh, hey!
0: This is escape, then where the pad! Jesus I'm <laughs> the
1: Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod And another week of Star Wars chat with uh, with your host, myself And uh, your co-host, Blake And a good friend of ours, returning voice on the podcast, Ben And uh, we're going to be talking all about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2 The Minds of Mandalore As well as the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 12 The Outpost Without further ado Let's get into it. Blake, welcome back. Hello
0: there. Hey, good to be back as always. Ready to chat some sweet Star Wars? That's
1: right. Yeah, another week, another Star Wars episode. Actually, well, another Star two episode episodes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we got our good friend Ben joining us this week. Welcome back, Ben. Hello. Hello, hello. It's been a little bit since you've been on. I can't remember which uh, yeah. what was the last one. What was the last episode our audience heard I you?
2: Don't know. I'm trying to think. Like. There's some trivia ones. They always
0: kind of be like, "Oh
1: yeah, here it is." I so can't be as far often. back as anime. I think no, I think you're right. I think it may have been like one of the trivia episodes, like, yeah. it's like maybe maybe around New Year's or something, right? Uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, another uh, another week, two episodes to talk about. Uh, I think it's just the three of us today. Um, before we kind of kick things off, in Amando, actually it's a good point. Um our YouTube channel has been up and running for a little bit and uh, I don't know how many of you guys out there have subscribed, but uh, definitely look us up with uh, uh, the handle at SWscape podcast on, uh, on YouTube and you can subscribe there, you know, like and uh, drop a comment that always uh, helps the algorithms and that goes for us, Spotify and, and uh, other, other podcast platforms as well. Uh, you can join the discord link is in the description and um Thank you to all of you guys tuning in on Podbean, our host platform. It's always great to see people joining in on the, on the host site. Uh, so here we go. Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 2. All right, Din Djarin visits uh, Peli Motto on Tatooine during the Boonta Eve Festival in search of a new memory chip for an IG-11. She does not have one, but instead sells him R5-D4. Dinjarin, Grogu, and R5 fly to Mandalore, where Dinjarin uh, orders R5 to scout ahead and ensure that the atmosphere is non toxic. When R5 does not return, Dinjarin ventures out after him and is attacked by several Alamites, a native troll like species living in the caves. Heading deeper into the mines, Dinjarin is captured by a cyborg creature and sends Grogu for uh, Bo Katan's help. Bo Katan rescues Dinjarin, kills the cyborg, and uh, leads dinjarin to the living waters. Dinjarin begins to recite the creed to restore himself as a Mandalorian. However, a sudden drop causes him to sink deep into the water. Bo-Katan dives in to save him and on the way back up, she comes face to face with a mythosaur. <gasps> oh yeah. All right, so, um, initial impressions for this episode. What do you guys think of this one?
0: enjoyed it. I mean, it was very uh, ambiance. I kind of like the whole cave dwelling thing, but I I got to sidetrack slightly because this is, I got to say the first thing that really, really stood out to me above all like top, my top thing was was that General Grievous? And then <laughs> we kind of learned a little, as you get in a little farther, like, no, it
1: wasn't him. But, I, you know, it's man, funny because... I was like,
0: questioning it for, like, half the episode.
1: I, it was so funny because, like, I was trying to think of of that cyber cybernetic creature of being maybe a character that we've, we've already known so far. And yeah. all I could think about when I thought of a character like that or maybe even... Uh, uh, what's that cybernetic Jedi in Force Unleashed? Like uh Casden pa- pa- uh, Paradis or something like that uh, oh, I, I forget. Okay. I forget the, the name. Guy but who's got the robot legs. Yeah, a, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, is this yeah, kind of a Ike weird, saber? twisted version of that character or something? And then I just all I could do was laugh because, like, that's all that's left of him is just an eyeball. <laughs> just an eye. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's
0: why I thought it was Grievous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought like, man, this is super funny. Even if it is like Grievous or something, can you imagine? Like yeah. that's what's left. Well, that still survived. Like, <laughs> or like, maybe it's Maul. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. They'd bring him back. You would not that would actually believe be really bad.
1: what I had to do to stay alive. <laughs> Just fueled a... by my rage. <laughs>
2: Just the one or for the Mandalorian. My singular or for eyeball. The <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> but,
0: dude, the design, like his hands looked like Grievous. He had multiple arms. He moved like Grievous with like the weird like kind of like body movements similar to what grievous is like running on all six legs mm. uh, and then uh, obviously it was down to just one eye which is something that's totally plausible for grievous and the sound effects some of the some of the weird noises like, were grievous noises
1: <laughs> yeah it's like the well, first
0: noise he made it was like grievous <laughs> I,
1: I mean it is skywalker sound department i guess maybe they just pulled something out of the library that happened to work but uh yeah. And you, you got a good point there. I, I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't think it's, a, I mean, the thing is dead. No, so I don't no, think I'm it's sure anything it's to be it. thought about. But yeah, I had my brain turning for a second when he popped out of that machine. I was like, Oh, who's this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. What did you think of this guy, Ben?
2: Um, of of the the eye little guy. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I was just looked up Grievous Death, and I was like, dude, he's like flames coming out of his yeah, eyes. Like, yeah. There's no way.
0: He started eyeball got um, cut in half and fell down a giant tube. Like, I, th- I thought that he was pretty cool. I think,
2: um, I was kind of curious. I think it was interesting being like, okay, well, how did how did this group make machinery if they're just an eyeball? And I think that's more like all that's left of him. Yeah. I was like I thought I was excited to see more of them. I kinda like the idea of like, hey, you have machinery and just replaceable bots. Thought that was pretty cool, that that character. As the episode of the whole, you know, I'm always sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, man, I think they could have all made better decisions. <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> the so many times, yeah. I'm like watching this and I was like Like okay, actually one the one that got and this was this might be nitpicking a little bit, is when okay, so the uh the planet you know we have to test the atmosphere which by the way i don't know this whole hey we have to check go and check the geyser i don't know why they couldn't just check the surface i feel like that felt very weird of like well is is just like 20 meters that way gonna be significantly more poisonous (laughs) than right here like does gas not just kind of move around Check
0: that poison um, cloud. That the isolated yeah, it's like, zone like, hey, over
2: there. Move over here, and I was like, I don't know. if That's how atmospheres work. Another one was okay. So he's like, Hey,
0: Grogu I think it was because it was in the cave, though. That's why. It's yeah. blow ground.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I just, I don't think. Like, I feel like you should be able to detect trace amounts. Like, unless there's a, uh, maybe a mustard gas. I just like if it's been there for a while, maybe the gas is very heavy and dormant or something like that. And so I was a little curious on, so like, okay, weird, what we're predicting on. And then, you know, there, there's there's a couple moments where I was like, or when uh, Mandalorian was fighting those, um, I forget what they're called, the, the Planet of the Apes-looking guys. Yeah, the Alamites. Morlocks. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> you could fly and you have a gun. You should be unbeatable against a guy with a club. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he also was worse with his saber than we saw him last.
2: Is it heavy? Are these are sabers supposed to be very heavy?
1: So, okay, so here's the thing cuz like because this has constantly come up, right? Like anytime anytime Din pulls out the dark saber, I always just kind of cringe at just how bad he is with using it. And in the book of Boba Fett, um, you know, for those who remember, there was a, there was an episode in which he trains with the armorer and Mm -hmm. she actually kind of like has something to say in regards to, uh, to like how he's like wielding the, the, the saber itself. And, um, and I don't really know if this just has to do with the dark saber alone, or if it has to do with like all lightsabers in general. But you mentioned something about like fighting, fighting the blade itself, um, and uh, I don't know. Like, do, do you guys remember anything in regards to that, or, or am yeah, I? Yeah, just... I
0: mean, this is their explain, explanation why Jedi is good with sabers and regular people can't use them. Which, right, but we've um,
1: seen regular people use them before. Yeah,
0: that's that's why it doesn't make sense. So and that's like, exactly
1: why it doesn't make sense. Yeah,
0: because that was the original canon with George Lucas. The original trilogy, and then they changed it for the prequels. Yeah. And, and we see people in clone wars use sabers and stuff. I mean, because like I think the Han scene doesn't really count because he just used it as a tool, it's not really fighting anyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just putting that out there. Now it seems like they're trying to bring it back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we see Katie Sackhoff use it, no problem. So <laughs> in this same episode.
1: Right. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is like Bo Katan has like wielded it before. So like I had a bit of a moment of rejoice for the fact that at least someone in this series can actually use it like properly, right? Like and and like she's wielded it. I we know um you know, we know Sabine trained with the weapon as well once upon a time and and so and I like
0: I think it came up in Rebels as well. The cuz Sabine was having a hard time fighting with the saber. Yeah, it training. did.
1: It did. Yeah. yeah. It came up and she's like it's heavier than I thought, but like I it didn't quite look as heavy as Dinjarn makes it out to be. No, and I think and I think it's...
2: my other question with that is she's like, fourteen. <laughs> is it your force like? Is it like a binary? Okay, if you're force sensitive, there's no drawback to using it, or is it like, hey, you're you know not quite as strong with the force? Is there like a scaling penalty that you have? Like, what is the? Oh, no, okay.
0: it has to do with your connection to the crystal. Then the
2: yeah and the
0: crystal aren't working together. Yeah, but like. I think like, okay, so I assume that your
2: connection with the crystals through the force, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so my question is like, let's say that someone is like theoretically can be force sensitive. Are they, is it like, okay, if you have no force sensitivity, you're going to have a very hard time. And if you have at least some, you're in this other, like there's two pools of people. Or is it like, hey, even if you're force sensitive, but you have no training, you're not even aware you're force sensitive and you suck at it. Are you closer to a Jedi Master, or are you closer to someone who is not Force sensitive at all?
1: I think, um, you know, I think the best way to answer a question like that is is probably just to look at at what we know, right? So, uh, we do know that the Force is in everybody, you know, like everyone the, in the Star Wars galaxy, life would not exist without midi chlorians. Midi chlorians is your gateway to feeling the Force. Jedi have a larger gateway than most, having a higher midi-chlorian count, they're able to wield the Force, unlike other people who don't have that gateway as open as much, right? So um, even a character like Dinjarin has technically, like, has the Force, you know, Han Solo would be a character that would call it luck, um, but I would imagine that he's actually a little more open to it than other people are. And that's not to say that, like, he'll ever be able to lift a rock with, with his mind, but it's probably kind of in that, you know, it's a bit of, it's a spectrum, right? So I think, like, there's probably some area in there in which Din Djarin is probably at the lower end of the scale in which he's really struggling to kind of connect with the weapon, right? And really really struggling to connect with, like, the kyber crystal that's inside of it. And uh, there's a little clip here from Book of Boa. I'll just, I'll just play it right now so we can just hear the dialogue that the armor has to say, uh, which might kind of help us, like kind of break this this moment down here solos
2: cuus oh. cure Solus.
0: Ha. You are fighting against the blade.
2: It gets heavier with each
0: move. That is because you are fighting against the blade. You should be fighting against your opponent. Stand up. Solos. There. Feel it. You are too weak to fight the Darksaber. It will win if you fight against it. You cannot control it with your strength.
2: I want to try again.
0: Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. Your body is strong, but your mind is distracted.
1: I am focused.
0: The blade says otherwise.
1: All right, yeah, so... Um, and that's when Paz Vizla gets in there and wants to take it from him. Uh, does that kind of raise any new questions there, or... or...
2: Yeah, I'm like I remember that part. I think just seeing him fight with it like this, I was like, okay, first of all, like d- there's other uses of dark saber. I guess everyone else, no one else really had as strong of a problem as he does. um Like you know, Pre is apparently pretty good with it. Mm-hmm. Fights Obi Wan. Everyone else he does. Like it just seems a weirdly odd him-specific problem. And the second one is, then why doesn't he just again use his jet pack, fly up? Why instead just say, hey? I want to, right now, decide to fight with the weapon I'm
0: worst at.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, Blake, do you have any, like, kind of thoughts on that?
0: It's got to be a plot line. It's the only thing that makes sense, because he shouldn't be this bad. So, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking from the scene we just saw, we just listened to here. He doesn't improve his training between that scene and where we are now right Mm in this episode I, i can't think of a time where he maybe probably like wields it but he probably doesn't do like full combat and he doesn't really improve right so i'm guessing that this is going to continue on with a some sort of story arc and he's gonna have to figure it out
1: yeah um yeah, I, I, I really think that this, like, what, what the Armorer says, because she's no Jedi Master, but what she's saying to me kind of resonates with what something what Yoda would say, right? Like, you know, your your mind is, you know, powerful it is, right? Uh, so she says, like, physically, you're wielding it like a normal weapon. Like, you know, you're basically just using brute strength to kind of, like, actually use this thing. But, like, in reality, like, it's it's actually... It's all up here, right? Like it's all in the head. So, um, I think like maybe there's something, something a little more uh, in line with kind of the, the magical side of, of the force, right? Like that uh, that mysteriousness that kind of surrounds um, a lot of what we don't know, which you know might stay that way, and I'm okay with that. Like, but uh, you know, I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think there's gonna be some sort of like conclusion to this story arc for sure. Um, what we'll
0: I- go back and Luke will train. Yeah, and him.
1: No, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, you know, what is cool is that the Darksaber, to (gasps) me... No,
0: Grogu teach him. That's what's going to happen. I'm calling it here.
1: It's a very fantasy story, right? (laughs) Like, it's a very fantasy-style story in the sense that the Darksaber is a bit like Excalibur. So if anyone's familiar with, like, the the legend of King Arthur, you know, not just anyone can pick out the Sword of the Stone, right? Like, it's very, very heavy for a lot of people. It's very few people that can actually have the right to kind of wield it right and when you do wield it uh you essentially have the right to rule a group of people (laughs) um and that's very in line with the dark
2: side excalibur because excalibur can only be wielded by one person this can only not be wielded by one person
1: yeah like i mean like technically like more yeah more people can wield it for sure um, but it's certainly one of those things that's like it, there's some similarities there, right? Like it's a sword yeah. in which like it carries it, a it lot. It's
2: of... a moral one. Yeah. Okay. I it... have I have another question here. Would Bo-Katan have rightful claim to the dark saber because alien dude beats Mandalorian in battle? <laughs> he therefore can have a rightful thing, and then she, in rescuing, beats this alien dude. I wondered that too. I think it's more. I because think it's less. Who has it, rights the dark saber is huge, hugely important for them.
1: That's a very like Harry Potter thing. I I don't think it goes that deep. I don't I don't think it actually thinks in a way that a magical wand would.
2: No, but like because she can't. But Bo Katan doesn't take the dark saber when Mandalorian offers it because she has to win in battle. Like, yeah, the thing with Moff Yeah,
0: but that's that's not anything to do with the saber. That has to do with her creed that she's abiding. Yeah, in. but it, it by, by creed, people, could she not then her. take
1: it? So she's taken it once before, and and I think like in Rebels, she's she she's taken it. it. She was gifted it, right? So, <laughs> but she's kind of, I I think, I think what matters to her is. Because she took it, failed to live up to leading with that saber, lost it to somebody else. Um, She wanted the right to essentially by creed, like take it back properly, you know, like because she's accepted it once before, but like wasn't considered, you know, by creed as an ethical way to take it. Right. So she wants the ability to defeat the person and actually say, like, "I, I bested the person that wielded but, this weapon, right?
2: Would you not say her killing the alien? No, nah, I just, I nah, I just watched this. She killed the alien, or was it Mandalorian who killed the alien? She killed, she
1: killed the alien. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. but by
0: creed, she should have it, like. I guess it depends if the crab creature trapping him counts as full combat. Or yeah, anything.
1: I don't. Yeah, I think I, w- I wouldn't consider that an honorable duel, and that, that, that I think is like the most important thing. It's, 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 it's like I, I think back a lot to the duel that pre-Vizsla grants Obi-Wan, you know, because he's got his lightsaber and he actually throws it to Obi-Wan and he goes, you know, he's like talking about Duchess Satine in this context and he goes like, defend her if you will and then he takes out his own lightsaber and ignites it up. So he actually gives Obi-Wan his weapon to fight him in front of his followers, right? And I, I think it's a very like Mandalorian traditional, like it's a cultural thing to do to grant someone like an honorable duel in in a way that like in a way that you might have like a trial by combat right truly best them, yeah not like kind of screw them over by like by tricking them or whatever right or defeating the guy who stabbed that guy in the back or whatever i think it's more of like a you earn the darksaber by by just by besting the the wielder himself of the darksaber in a in a one-on-one combat i think that's how it is
2: yeah, I mean, I would say on this one, given that literally she's trying to command the Mandalorians and she needs a darksaber, I would say that it's a close enough gray area that I would say they should at least talk about it. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, you know sometimes there are political friend. movement, you suck at using it, you're not very good with it, I would be good with it. I could then bring all the Mandalorians together and do you notice how I defeated someone who defeated you... Ergo, you know, chain of command. It just seems like they it could fit into place so well.
1: Yeah. And they're yeah, like, nah, The nah, thing nah, is,
2: nah.
0: I think it also comes down to uh, the other Mandalorians would have to, to follow her and want to know, like, you know, that it was true, mm. right? And I, I think that's... She, last season, season two of Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure she has a line somewhere that says she thinks because she didn't earn the saber, that's why... Uh, Mandalore like fell apart.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and like you, you know, like you were just saying, like it, like the followers mattered to her a lot, right? Because now at this point, they because they don't think she's taking them anywhere really, so they've gone off and done their own thing. So that's why she's kind of sitting there all depressed, like you know, just just like yeah. And she, so she actually tells Dinjar, like, go and find them, go and wave that thing around, and they will just follow you wherever you go. Right. Like she's just done. Right. So like, even if she did have the chance to take it back, I don't think she cares anymore. I think she's just like, you know what? Who cares? Like they, they left me because I, I didn't honorably get the chance to take this like stupid sword because Din Djarin happened to defend himself against Moff Gideon and best him in combat. So now it's his and like that that chance is no longer mine anymore. Like that, that's all that matters to them. And that's what mattered to me. And so, if it no longer matters to them that I've got it, and they've gone off, and now they're mercenaries doing their own business, and they've just left me to chill at my castle, like why should I care, right? So I think she's really just she just doesn't care anymore. I think like even if she does, like like he, like he doesn't want it. That's the thing. Like he's offered it to Bo-Katan and she just refused to take it because like unless she kills the guy, <laughs> she's not gonna she's not gonna be able to have it. So I think uh, I think to her it just doesn't matter enough anymore to really do any impact if that makes any sense um, yeah but there's there's definitely a story here there's definitely like a, a you know where i i don't think we're anywhere close to figuring out exactly you know who this sword rightfully belongs to uh i think that's a not it's an ongoing uh a story or a narrative that they're that they're kind of be going to be unfolding i think as the season goes on and you know we still got another six episodes to kind of go so uh i'm sure i'm sure this will come up again. In- um yeah so and, end of season 2 I remember speculating about um I don't I forget who was there in the episode but um I remember thinking to myself maybe even saying it out loud that it would be so cool if Din Djarin was kind of like the character that is supposed to be the one to rule Mandalore and like he's the one that's like wielding the dark saber and stuff but I think maybe that story and narrative is changing in front of us I think like maybe what we're looking at is a guy who he's he's a bit like You know he's an outlaw, and I think he's gonna kind of stay that way. I don't think he's supposed to be any kind of chosen one. I think what we might be looking at is a narrative for Bo-Katan in the sense that she is like, yeah, redeemed and in her own way, right? And like she's
0: technically the heir.
1: Yeah, and seeing this episode, her witness Mandalorian go into the waters and and forcibly just like because she's so skeptical with all this like kind of Hokum, this like this like ancient like cultural. Um, uh, what do you call it? The, the creed, right? So like, you know, she's just kind of like, yeah, it's all for, it's all for theater, right? Like I've done it. It's all for theater. I was a royal, you know, that's not in, what in, we do. Even
0: if it was true, it was like thousands of years ago. Yeah,
1: exactly. So she looks at Din Djarin's group as like a group of kind of, almost a bit of a group of crazies that believe in cult, children's yeah. stories. and Yeah, yeah, cult, yeah. Yeah, so like that's, that's how she perceives them. So, you know, when she's kind of like giving them the full tour and, kind of reads off the plaque, she's really just kind of, you know, it's was like, yeah, welcome to the, welcome to the museum, right? Like, <laughs> um, good luck with the, with the, with the ritual. And so she, but as she watches him do his thing, there's like a look on her face that kind of tells me like, maybe she's kind of reconsidering her, her thoughts on how ridiculous this is, you know? It just seems amused. Yeah. She seemed like kind of taken by it her personality so far I would have expected her to kind of roll her eyes but she she didn't it was a very different kind of look than what I was expecting yeah. um so I think I think you might be onto something you know like maybe maybe we're onto a, like a redemption arc with her character and you know she's going to be the best of both worlds in, in the sense of uh kind of respecting what her sister was doing as rule but also more in line with like the traditional Mandalorian warrior way so that would be really cool. I think that would be that would be a great, um, great story arc. Then maybe they'll rebuild Mandalore on on Calavala or something like that. You know, uh, kind like yeah, of like how we saw, kind of like how we saw in the Marvel universe. You know, we saw um, was it was that was the was the world that he's from. <laughs> uh, Thor's, 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 Thor's homeworld. Yeah. What's it? Asgard. Asgard. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching Asgard blow up and then they have just, they just make new Asgard like on that's somewhere right, else. Yeah, right. <laughs> like maybe Calavala will just be the Mandalore, right. The the new Mandalore and you know, and they're going to pull the whole narrative of like Mandalore is like a people, not a planet kind of thing or whatever. And like, and they'll, they'll do something like that. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's just some, some thoughts for the room, but um we had a mythosaur show up in this episode yes
0: let's get into that so they're supposed to be ancient and extinct and i did not know they were amphibious
1: (laughs) i i had no idea that they lived in water either um i uh i was actually quite surprised to to see one seeing as they are supposed to be extinct as extinct but um quite frankly you know with the whole thing I, i i all i could think of myself was like okay thousands of years this thing has supposedly been extinct how is it that it's like lived on their planet that entire time with like all the all the technology they had? Because it was a thriving city, right? Like we've seen it in the Clone Wars. The mines were probably active, maybe like at one, one point. And uh, it just makes me wonder that those those underwater caves must go pretty deep that yeah. it was hiding way down there. The anytime they run look. deep. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, I thought it was weird that they just hadn't found this thing because it's so big. Like, is like, how have you not known that this thing has been alive down there this whole time? You know what I mean? Well, there's
0: there's cases of that on Earth where we thought creatures were extinct that and then they show up like super deep in the ocean. There's like a like a rockfish or something. I guess was, so, but like,
1: I mean, like they have like that ain't a rockfish. Yeah, that that ain't no rockfish. Yeah, that thing's <laughs> hey, wh- like the size of. What m- <laughs> about What about Ogopogo? <laughs> I mean, like they have technology that can sense life forms, right? Like in Star Wars, they got an they got a they got crazy tech, you know, like. Um, so it just, to me, I was like, this is, this is a, it's a little strange that just no one's come across it yet. Um, but I, I want to know.
0: know more Bo-Katan's going to ride it like a mountain to war.
1: Uh, y- I want to see yeah.
0: Boba Fett on a Rancor and then her on a Mythosaur right next to each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 do have to say this though, about the, about the Mythosaur. Like, um, it's, it's a little bit like the Create Dragon in the sense where, where we've had a skeleton of the creature of some kind that's kind of depicted it in a certain manner, and then the expanded universe provided us with imagery of this creature, which had very little in common with the skull that we're familiar with. It's a bit like it's a bit like the um, it's a bit like the crate dragon. Like like the EU depicted the crate dragon as a literal dragon looking yeah. thing with, without wings, but like, it almost looked like a kind of like a dragon-y thing Big with, lizard. with right. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. With like maybe some horns on it or something like that. And uh more like a lizard. Right. But the, but if you look back to the original films, like the Krayt Dragon has always just been like a, a very snake-like a snake. looking mm-hmm. skeleton. So it made sense that when we watched Mandalorian season two, that it was like a giant worm or something because that's how the skeleton looked. And, and it's the same goes for the insignia of Mandalore, which, which is the mythosaur skull. And, um, I've always thought to myself, what a weird looking skull that is. But like when (laughs) I, when I looked at the, the creature on the water, I was like, whoa, like that's, that's it, you know, like that's the that's yeah. the skull, that's the face, that's the figure, right? And they took the time to put the uh, the horns in yeah. the right spot, yeah, on top of the head, totally. It's like on um, the cheeks. Yeah, yeah, and even even at the bottom where there's those little like teeth like structures at the bottom, if you look really closely, they're there. And I was oh, see, I blown that. away. It's very dark. It's very dark underwater, but so it's hard to see. But but I was so impressed with the design of how they managed to just take that skull which, you know, to be fair, has never been scaled to size, like, it's always been an emblem, or, like, a little replica that you can buy, or, or, like, something like that, right, like, it's never been, like, how big is this thing, right, and the EU imagery has always been somewhat not accurate, because they just kind of come up with something, and, you know, that's it, right, so, like, this was super cool for me to like see like the, the connected dots, you know, it's like this, let's, let's literally take this skull and like make it into a creature. That was awesome. That was super well done. So, you know, props to, uh, there's I want to the,
0: see c- better light though. See what that looks like. Oh, I'm sure we will.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll be a thing. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe we'll never see it again. Maybe it's just, maybe this is a moment of, of like character development for Bo-Katan and, uh, and, you know, maybe we'll never see the Mythosaur again, but maybe that's something that she needed to see to kind of push her in a certain direction, right? Um, makes me wonder if Mandalor, uh, Mandal, uh, aren't saw it at all. Maybe he, maybe he was just unconscious, didn't see it. Uh, so, <laughs> maybe unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, do you guys have any other notes for this one um, before we do some 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 rating system?
0: I didn't know that people referred to Boon to Eve like Christmas Eve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? Um, Boon to Eve? Oh, man. <laughs> like, I thought Boon to Eve was an event. Boon to Eve. Um, you know, it's funny because the only other time we've heard the, the Boon to Eve is, is in the, the Boon to Eve classic, which is like the... Um, I guess it's like the the name for the pod race, but on Wookie- Yeah, which is that's what I always thought it was. Yeah, on so- Wookie- on Wikipedia though, it, it says Boonta Eve was an actual like annual holiday and festival celebrated on the desert planet. Uh oh, for decades. Yeah. It honors uh the rise of um Bunta Hestilic Shadru, uh the god uh to godhood. Um and uh, in Moss Eisley, it's celebrated with fireworks. That's what it. That's what it says. So um, yeah. that might have been changed as this episode came out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's at least the canon explanation. Uh, I don't really, I don't really know of like how, how like when that's kind of come up. But uh, but yeah, I don't. That's it, you know, it's, a, it's a holiday. It's holidays. It gives gives depth to a lot of these <laughs> planets. I mean, I imagine a planet like Tatooine would have holidays. Like Boon to Eve is one of them. Yeah, I
0: feel like that's a a retcon. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was always what George was trying to do. That that surprised me as well. Yeah, yeah. And I also thought it it was interesting how quickly Mando gave up on trying to repair IG-88. And just bought some junky astromech
1: instead. I okay, so I have a slight, I have a slight problem with with this whole thing because, like, I I get he's got a droid dilemma going on. Like, I get he doesn't trust like any other droid other than maybe like that one because of past circumstances. But um, it was a little bit of a bit of a one eighty for him to kind of have mm. that story element in the first episode, only to just kind of like discard it in the second. No and just kind of yeah, yeah, no droids, right? And just he just kind of accepts the R5 unit instead. I just thought it was a bit strange.
2: No, it was, was very strange.
1: strange. Yeah.
2: He was like I can only literally have one droid that has a chance of kill me. I'll risk anything. But you know what? This droid obviously doesn't want to come. How can we not get this guy on the piss? Come on.
1: <laughs> He's cheap. Uh what I will deal. I the will throw do you sail. <laughs> yeah. Free uh, free oil bath. <laughs> Um, I will say this though, like I really did like the fact that R five with the bad motivator, as we we know him to be, um, translates into a personality of being extremely unmotivated and very like scaredy cat oh, like, you know. Very same
0: one is that supposed to be the same R five or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's is... the same one. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's funny. It's that, that cameo passed me by because it was like, oh, R five. It's like Obi Wan's droid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hope it was it.
0: Wrong R five.
1: I don't remember what? owning a droid. Maybe I, oh man, I'm
0: thinking R four.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think thinking R four. Yeah.
0: Oops, my bad. So you got that wrong anyway.
1: Whatever. Obi Wan's still a liar. He still says I don't remember owning a droid. <laughs> <laughs> it's R <R4>, four, you dimwit. <laughs> These um, toasters
0: all look the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um Yeah. Ben, you got any uh, any other notes before we give this some Pablo points or pudus? Uh-huh.
2: No, Ellen had a couple of things she wanted me to mention. Um what
0: I think he just ran off. Did th- he just jettison out did. the skate
1: pod? I think did he?
0: Is he in open space? No, look um, out the
2: window. Ellen wanted to mention the puppets. She wanted to, she wanted to make note of the puppeteering. She said like it oh. was interesting seeing like things kinda of go from when we were discussing the the things we liked and we didn't like about actual puppets versus um cgi
1: yeah that's um, um that's that's an interesting point is this in relation to the first episode and where where we had the um, uh even i think just also in
2: relation to the uh
1: ba- or the ba- babu fricks family or, or yeah well
2: like i think just that the monsters like and and yoda just like know uh, for me it was just like hey i'm really noticing puppets
1: yeah yeah um yeah, yeah, that's um, it's a good point because like you know, Star Wars, I guess originally has been kind of known for a lot of puppeteering and stuff like that. And um, you know, I've got a, I've got a bit of a hot take about this myself because like I'm definitely on board with with puppets. I think in in the right situation. So, uh, what the the whole scene with Grogu and like clearly Grogu works as a puppet, right? Like, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. he would work nearly as well if he wasn't a puppet. Um, but. Uh, Oh, Blake's back. Yeah,
2: it's like he just absolutely ran and came back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right, so um I just like I, I like I clearly like clearly uh um Grogu works as a puppet. Um Babu Frick, you know, I think he works like as a puppet, right? Like there's some tangibility there. Some mm-hmm. characters just don't always work as a puppet. And and I think in um episode eight of The Last Jedi, I think uh I, I'm still really torn on them using the puppet over what they'd done to replace the puppet in the prequels with a bit... Um, for which the, character? For Yoda. Right. And and I still think the Last Jedi Yoda puppet looks a little funky to me. Um, All the
0: puppets, other than like Empire Strikes Back, look a little funky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, so, little, the old Phantom Menace one did too.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely not saying that You know, like I'm not comparing that to Jar Jar and saying Jar Jar looks better, but I'm just saying like in general, I think there's a time and a place for puppets and it's not all the time, but in the times that it works, it should work really well. And I think so far in this series, like they've done a really good job with puppets. Uh, We certainly like made some comments in the past. I know, I know Bryce mentioned the uh, prosthetics on like the Nikto pirate that we saw in the last episode and uh, wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, I know I've got my issues with the prosthetics that they did for Cat Bane. I think he would have worked better as a CG uh, character for the head replacement instead. Um, but I, you know, again, like I'm kind of lumping prosthetics in there with with um, animatronics and puppeteering. But um, but yeah, I think there's no, a time. No, I place see where fate.
2: you're coming from. I think yeah. I get this a lot when I um think about. What was it? When, uh, but Lord of the Rings, when people are like, man, see how, like, all the great animatronics, like, it's all, like, you always should be using the uh, prosthetics and things. Look how the orcs look better than the Hobbit. And everyone very conveniently forgets to bother mentioning the fact that uh, Gollum was CGI. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, but Gollum was the best. And it's like, well, you see, like, it's not that one's always better and it's like a saving money. It's like, you know, it's it's different. It's,
0: yeah, it's based on things. Yeah. Like, you got to play to the mm-hmm. strengths.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, for, for sure. I think, I think you definitely have to play for the play to your strengths and in, in a way that, you know, allows the, uh, the effect to come across the best way possible. And, uh, yeah, you know, puppets, they work right. Like they, they've always worked. I think they still work, uh, but there's a time and a place and, and it's not every single alien out there. I think there's, there's certainly it's uses, but, uh, you know, some things just work, work better in, in CG. Um, Things like that crocodile, uh, that worked, I think. What episode it, one? Like, in a season? Yeah, no, in this, in this episode, when, when they're in the minds of Mandalore, there's, there's... Those, the flying, okay. the flying crocodile. There's those Wizard alien, things, yeah. yeah, so the, the flying crocodile was <laughs> CG, so the flying crocodile was CG, but, but, the but it was definitely a puppet when it was sitting in the pipe, right? Um, so, like, I don't know, I think, like, maybe, uh maybe and if it wasn't then then you know props to props to the creature department but uh,
0: uh props but, to the prop
1: <laughs> yeah props to the prop yeah <laughs> uh but yeah I don't know I, I I think that that's a great situation in which um it kind of works in the best way possible you know you've got you've got uh and it, they do the same with Grogu like when Grogu's jumping around all over the place like there's that's no puppet right um but when he's being held by a character or kind of like behind something clearly mm-hmm. kind of that's that's the puppet version so you know it's a bit of a juggle with some things and i think that's kind of the best way to approach it in a lot of situations but um yeah what's what's uh what's the hot take around there and what does ellen think about about the puppets um,
2: i think we thought that sometimes it worked out pretty well and sometimes it didn't kind of the same thing of like yeah like ellen really likes the uh the grogu puppet the way it moves and stuff like that I wasn't as high on the uh, man. I forgot what's the name of the club, guys at the club who beat up the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, the uh, the, like, the Alamites. Yeah.
2: Alamites. Okay. I was like, I forget their name. I was call them "Plow the Apes" looking yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, I was like, I wasn't as like high. I think they felt a little bit clunkier for me. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So so I you're think... also kind of in the same boat with the prosthetics and and stuff. Yeah. Not like sometimes being, I was yeah. like, that's like yeah. I really one, though,
0: because. When you're fighting people, I feel like it oftentimes looks better with costumes just because the people fighting CG stuff never looks
2: quite right. I don't know. For me, it feels like you know, like, nine, like a basic 1800 Star Trek Captain Kirk fighting a guy. Like, it, it just, he, that
0: was fighting, this episode a little bit, yeah. I felt yeah, I yeah, was
2: like, this good. fighting felt a little clunkier, especially because at least for me, it's like and. Because they're not like they don't do as much hand-to-hand combat. It's a lot of guns, a lot of swords, which are a little bit easier there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think I think it worked out. It was just I noticed like I just felt like there's a lot more puppets, and I think sometimes people are afraid to not do puppets because the prequels did puppets, and you know we, we were scared of that.
0: I will also <laughs> say that CGI, when you're the fighting people in big bulky costumes, it goes a long way in the edit. So a lot of times you can edit it to look a lot uh, more intense and natural.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the sense that the, uh, uh, I think there's a, there's a, there's certainly a blend that needs to take place sometimes, which in which it doesn't. And with these Alamites, I feel like maybe the head could have been done uh, in post, but like maybe the body was left prosthetic like that would have been a really good blend of technology there but um,
0: that would also help the actors on stage yeah of
1: the clunkiness
0: is the people and masks on you don't see anything
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and you know i think that at the end of the day it really all comes down to budget so like you know at, at the end of the day this is a star wars show um, not a uh, full budget production film and and perhaps it's just not in the cards to have these creatures done with with CG heads, right? Like that just might not be a might not be a budget friendly effect to do, and they might just get more use out of the the prosthetic thing. Maybe they're thinking, okay, it's going to be dark. We're not going to see very much of them. You know, let's just do the whole costume and kind of kind of call it a day, sort of thing, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's. It's it's kind of a, it, it's a, it's a decision that kind of gets made on a certain level. Sometimes money's sometimes very much a deciding factor in a lot of these situations. But there's certainly a, a happy sweet spot. And sometimes too much prosthetic can can certainly be too much, right?
2: Yeah, I didn't think it was point bad. I oh, yeah, go for it. Well, I don't want to I, drill
0: too much, but the uh, just because you commented on it feeling like that Star Trek duel, I felt like where they landed and the planet also added a lot to the, yeah. the Star Trek kind of. Yeah.
2: I think like also Kirk just versus Lizard Man. Mandalorian being bad at fighting felt a little like Captain Kirk throwing random <laughs> haymakers.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> and it wasn't like, I wasn't like, ah, like this was definitely bad. It was just something I noticed a lot like, wow, they're using a lot of puppets here.
1: Yeah. 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 Um all right. Well is there any other any other last minute notes or should we should we give this guy some poodos and points?
0: Um two I guess two small ones. A I thought the uh when Mando and Grogu were going down into the mines in the first place, coming down through the city. Which by the way, seeing Sindori City destruct like all destruction in live action, I thought was super cool. Very cool. I'm glad we we yeah. got to see that. Mm-hmm. But it was a moment where they're, they're descending and then he just like stops on a platform and says like three words to Grogu and then just jumps again. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I was, it's like a, something from like a, a video game or something. Like a cutscene, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? No, I totally
1: get it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is really clunky. This is one of those scenes or moments may feel like, yeah, this feels like we're in, in the, uh, in the
1: volume, the volume or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's what makes Andor such a very different feeling show um, is is like there is a sense of scale to the environments because they're not restricted by a dome, right? <laughs> Whereas like literally with with, you know, The Mandalorian and other shows like Kenobi and such, like they're restricted to a certain area of physical space before that illusion is kind of broken, right? And so... Um, I definitely, I definitely with, with these big kind of open worldy environments, you definitely feel it a bit more with, with the kind of shots that they're pulling off. Um, yeah.
0: Cause like you, you, can always see the grandeur, but it's never close by. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they, they definitely, they definitely don't have as many, uh, aerial shots like sometimes like, or, or kind of more farther out distance Shot. that's always typically a little closer to the actors and you know yeah, th- yeah there, there is something there if there is something there you just kind of always know right um but you know it's it's a great effect by yeah I totally agree um uh, and one other
0: last thing because I thought it was great when grogu was escaping on his pod and his ears are fluttering around it reminded me a lot of gizmo from uh, uh, the goblins movies oh, sorry uh gremlins gremlins Uh, Yes, dude. So much like Gizmo, like Mm -hmm. some of his movements and stuff reminds me a lot. I always like that a lot. (laughs) Goblins. That's my mistake.
1: I'm pretty sure the gremlins are just in Star Wars. That's what they are. (laughs) Gremlins' ancestors. (laughs) Okay, Uh, actually,
2: my last note. Did uh, did my man like? Can he not swim? Like, did the beast get him? It was very. I was like, because the beast seemed pretty dormant. I was like, did he just slip? What was, what was the dealio there?
1: I, <laughs> it's just a coincidence. He just slid down the stairs. I Real fast. I have no clue. Um, I mean, if it is the, the mythosaur that Mandalore the Ultimate tamed, it is people-friendly. Uh, so I imagine maybe it was just being a bit playful. Uh, <laughs> but
0: or he was pulled down by another fish. And then we saw the myth store because always there's a always
1: fish. a bigger fish. That's right. Yeah, there's always they a bigger have the fish. button, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's play it. <laughs> there's always a bigger fish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: bad.
1: Those like sea level like voice actors. Oh man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, 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 yeah, you know, honestly, like I have no idea, like there, maybe there's something bigger going on there, but I thought it was a bit strange that somehow he gets pulled down in like super shallow waters and like this thing is like way down there, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's a bit strange, um, because he went down fast. Like she jumped in like right away and he was already like at the bottom. So like, he used a jetpack underwater. Yeah. Like that was a bit, that was a bit crazy, but, um, Alright, let's 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 uh let's move let's do some uh some points or, or poodus. Okay, so uh so Ben, this is our rating system. Um okay, I'm ready. You can award um you can award three Pablo points or three Pablo Poodoo's or anything kind of between there. It's a scale of seven. All right. So in the middle, that's a bendu. Um three out of three Pablo points, that's like one hundred percent A plus the best of the best. Three Pablo Poodoo's. Is the worst of the worst zero percent F is a fail, right? Um, I think like if you were to give it like one Pablo point, uh, which is just north of a Bendu, that's like you know, there's, like 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 a C level, you know, kind of like a like a good. It's a good thing. It's a it's a pass kind of thing. Uh, Bendu is like fifty percent. Uh, is it starting to kind of make sense?
2: A little bit. I'm like, okay, I understand. It's basically a scale that goes from negative to positive.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. With,
2: with the bendu is being zero, He's,
1: correct? Uh, bendu being fifty percent.
2: Yeah, okay, being equivalent to zero from a negative three to three scale.
1: That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we use uh, we also use fractions. So feel feel free <laughs> if you need to give a point five <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Feel free. Um, I'm gonna. I'll kick things off here. Um, I think this episode was a, a pretty solid. Like, maybe like. I want to say, I want to say two, but like, I think ultimately it was probably more like a 1.5 Pablo points. Like I liked it a lot. It was great. Did a lot for the lore, you know, but quite frankly, the story wasn't like crazy or anything like that. Like it was, you know, some good character development there, I think for Bo-Katan especially. Uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't really get a good sense of any kind of crazy moral to the story. I, uh, uh, definitely contributed to the lore, though, and and you know, good Bo-Katan character development. But I don't think it had any um, any big connection with the audience on any deeper level than than cool factor and and uh, kind of advancing the adventure, mm-hmm. so to speak. like
0: yeah, I don't think
1: that I think that's fair. Yeah, Do
2: you want to go ahead, Ben? Yeah, Ben. Yeah, ben um, was I was cool. gonna say like I was kind of a similar-ish vibe on like. I wasn't like, whoa, this is good. I would honestly maybe even say, like, a... And I think it's also, like, based on my comparison, right? Like, I think coming from watching Andor, I would definitely give this, like, a a 0.5 Pablo Pudu. Um, I just think... Oh, wow. I, I, I just think I was, like... They didn't do a lot to explain some of the things. Like, why... like. I don't know. Maybe maybe the the, the poison of the planet got me a little upset. I was like, you couldn't just you know do not like did, could they not just land slightly over there? Like was there no? Why did he have to go so far? Why did like could he not just you know go do an air sample, beam it back? Like they have communication. Yeah. Um,
1: True enough. Actually, you know that that being said, that's a great point. I, I didn't even we didn't even talk about the air quality thing in this in this review, but I. I yeah, like even my phone can like tell me what the air quality is outside. Like, like I feel like his ship could just—you could buy an attachment or something that kind of like just reads the atmosphere. And I think that's standard. I, I feel like I feel like we've seen Star Wars stories before in which a ship has told you that information. So I don't really mm-hmm. know. Like, I maybe well, for the spelunking factor of going into the caves themselves and doing readings at the bottom, but he never did that. So. I'm thinking to myself, like, the whole thing was kind of a waste of time. You know, the whole air Maybe there was
0: thing. toxins because everything's eyes were glowing.
1: Maybe. Maybe. That would be unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Man <up> takes <laughs> off his helmet and then his eyes are just all green and glowy. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: <laughs> and like all these people, the entire Mandalorian race—it's poison. We can't go back for a whole month No one thought to send anything there to check. There's like, nah, dude, it's poison. It's our planet. We're gone though. Like, I was like, hey, what? What yeah, if no they, one came you know, back?
1: You know, I think you've well, changed my mind. What Tony I think
0: I, said is poison, so it's not worth going to check.
1: You know, I, <laughs> I think you've changed my mind. I think you've lowered my score to one Pablo point, and I'm still in the I'm still in the point range, but I think I think I'm gonna shave off that point five.
0: Yeah, there's, happy uh, there's, happy there's a few <laughs> there's a few uh interesting like yeah, quirks, I guess, or yeah. even dare I say, plot hole ish things going on. But they're all kind of minor gripes, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like little things. Yeah.
0: Like I had my negatives were
2: those. I think my positives were I actually kinda liked the, the alien with the machinery. I thought I really liked him. Here's my he that was thing of it. Cool. That.
0: that was cool. Yeah. For sure. I think it was super cool. I'm not sure if I like that more than the made or not. Just, well, this episode had a lot of really cool reveals, which is what I really liked about it. Yeah. Finally seeing Mandalore and a person, the planet, seeing it, it's all like glass. Now we actually know what they're talking about when the Empire, like, I'm guessing uh, orbital bombardment or they use some, like, su- mm-hmm. super weapon or something. Yeah, the Can't big, remember, the big nuke
1: yet. bombs or whatever. The That's what it was, bombs, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. we were talking about the name last episode, weren't we?
1: Yeah, fu- fusion, fusion Fusion rays. ray. The fusion yeah, rays so from is. the from the bombs.
0: <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah. Neutron bombs. <laughs> yeah, exact exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many other names can be come plasma up? Plasma bombs. Uh, plasmy.
1: I feel like it was a plasma. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Whatever. <laughs> I can't give a, give, a, give a What's what's your review for this thing?
0: Uh yeah, so the reveal of that uh, seeing Sandori City. <clears throat> sorry, Sandari City in person. <clears throat> excuse me. Um seeing the mythosaur. Uh, the possible general grievous reveal, <laughs> uh, all that stuff was very positive to I me. Mean, I think all that cool reviews and everything, uh, reveals, sorry, was super cool. But there's like I said, there's a lot of awkward minor things. Like, why did we have to go to Tatooine to see that woman for the droid part? Is that the only mechanic he knows in the entire galaxy? <laughs>
1: maybe she was he has still to go under, all the way uh, to
0: Tatooine every time,
1: maybe she was still under contract to, to uh, Show up in an episode or something. (laughs) Because, like, like how far is Mandalore from Tatooine? uh, I I don't know, but I'm starting to think that having her as a Lego figure wasn't a waste of time because she keeps popping up. I'm like, you know, like, if it's just like a small character I don't really care about too much, then whatever. But now I'm like, because I bought his N1 Starfighter, right? And -hmm. I've got her as a minifigure. And now I'm starting to think, like, okay, maybe she's going to come up again. Like, maybe she'll become like a more prominent figure like they later keep
0: cameoing her in yeah last season yeah
1: like maybe she'll end up working as like a mechanic for like the new republic or something like that i'm starting to think there's more to this lady <laughs> well we're oh, butt heads on that because i i would rather him
0: keep seeing new mechanics that he has to deal with like not constantly but i like you know fresh faces now. i, I, like, I really liked i agree i really liked when he had to deal with that like mon calamari mechanic who's like yeah. just like fixes his ship with like a bunch of fishing parts. Yeah, that colors. was cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. So um, I want more of that instead of just seeing the same person. It just makes the galaxy feel small. That's that's all. How many how many points or poodus do you give this? Well I think with all that together, I'd be sitting around a one or just over one, but I'm gonna give it an extra point five because we got the reveal in this episode that the mandalorian uh mandalorian armor can be pressure sealed and he seals it so he can walk around a planet and we were talking about that for the last like two episodes
1: that's it that's actually that's a great point actually yeah
0: because he's like i don't want to do it he's like fine i'll pressurize it so i guess it's normally not pressurized but he can choose to pressurize it when he wants to
1: but it still makes the pressure seal when he puts it on yeah so i guess It still doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) No. So I'm guessing what's happened, because we're also talking about if it's pressurized. Last episode of the podcast, we're talking about if it's to be pressurized, it needs to be vacuum sealed. If it be vacuum sealed, the inside of the helmet needs to attach to the the rest of his, his flight suit. Right. But I'm guessing by what we saw in this episode that there must be some sort of like... Like ray shieldy sort of thing that's connecting it when he activates
1: it. It's probably all magnets. It's probably like yeah. magnetic magnetic technology that it's creates magnetically a Magnetically sealed. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Quite frankly, I don't know how it's pressurized because the suit he wears underneath, kind of like Boba Fett, it's literally just cotton, like it's fabric, like it's a it's a flight suit. So unless there's some sort of like insulation that Skin we can't suit underneath. see. underneath? Yeah, some like maybe you know technology that doesn't yet exist, but like maybe some sort of spray or you know like a like a Gore-Tex but like you know like space ready or something like that on the inside like maybe maybe I can buy it but because like the stormtrooper
0: suits which do pressurize for sure they there's they have body suits underneath the armor
1: plating yeah 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 exactly yeah and it's not just your standard t-shirt fabric under there um, all right, cool. We no, got, so we got, so 1.5, It's 1.5. Okay. So 1.5, one for me and, uh, Ben, what user rating at 0. 0.5 Pudus was it? Yeah. 0. 0.5 Pudu. 0.5 Pudu. All right. So that's, that's a pretty average rating Then I would say it's definitely not your all star episode. Definitely not your worst. Uh, looking forward to seeing what comes up next. And, uh, just before we close off Mandalorian and move on to bad batch, um, I will throw it out there to the room. Anyone listening who wants to kind of explore a bit more of Mandalore at this point, now that we've seen Sundari City, gone back there, um, great place to start is season two, episode 12 of The Clone Wars. It's called The Mandalore Plot. And then follow that up with season two, episode 13, Voyage of Redemption. Uh, Sorry, Voyage of Temptation. Um, And then Season 2, Episode 14, called Duchess of Mandalore. That's a great story arc for exploring uh, Bo-Katan's sister, Satine, and uh, seeing a little bit of Sindari City. Uh, Another great episode is called Corruption. That's Season 3, Episode 5. The Academy, Season 3, Episode 6. That's a great episode arc to kind of explore how Mandalore becomes uh, a bit corrupted, like during the Clone Wars, and kind of plants the seeds for later. Uh, season 4 episode 14 called A Friend in Need was a great introduction to bo So anyone who wants to explore more of bo story, that's the first time that she takes her first appearance in the Clone Wars, sees how she's connected to Death Watch and kind of slowly kind of takes her position up as a prominent character in the Clone Wars. And then the Shadow Conspiracy arc, which is season 5 episode 14 through 16, that's a super important arc for the Clone Wars. That's when Maul basically... You know, takes together a a group of underworld um, organizations, forms an alliance and goes after Mandalore as like a prime uh, location for starting a new empire under his own rule. Um, And then, of course, there's the comic book Son of Dathomir, which fills in the gaps of the Missing Clone Wars episodes, which will connect that story arc from season five to the last three recommended episodes, which is in season seven. Episodes 9 through 12, which is called The Siege of Mandalore and The End of the Clone Wars, which is the final four episodes and uh, really kind of sees the Clone Wars come to a close as well as the final battle that Mandalore had to play in the entire Clone Wars show. So um, those are all really great episodes to kind of go back and explore for stories of Bo-Katan and... uh, uh, Mandalore and Satine, her sister, and and uh, Pre Vizsla, the original guy who wielded the dark saber before anyone else did in Star Wars, so far as at least at least the stories that we have, um, and, a, and a lot of other stuff. So definitely go check those out. Ben, thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. It's uh, it's always great to have you back, and uh, you know we will uh, we'll thank catch you. For you having on, me. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one, and uh, enjoy catching up on the Bad Batch. I will. All right, see you, buddy. All right, let's transition over to uh, The Bad Batch. Oh yeah, you know what? No, we we'll, we'll take the speeder. <laughs> All right, season two, episode 12. It's called The Outpost. Crosshair is assigned to Lieutenant Nolan and travels to a remote Imperial outpost on Barton 4 under the command of a clone named Mayday. The outpost is attacked, and two cargo crates containing classified cargo are stolen. Nolan orders Crosshair and Mayday to recover the cargo. The two clones eliminate the thieves and find the cargo, which is stormtrooper armor. Which is TK unit armor. Uh, But an avalanche fatally injures Mayday and buries the cargo. Crosshair carries Mayday back to the outpost, but Nolan chastises them for their failure, refuses to provide a medic for Mayday, who succumbs to his injuries on the spot. Fed up with Nolan's arrogance and disrespect of clones, Crosshair kills Nolan on the spot, executing him with his pistol before losing consciousness. Later, he wakes up in an Imperial operating chamber where Emery Carr orders him to cooperate with her if he wants to survive. Uh, so, what are your initial thoughts on this episode, Blake? Things are finally getting interesting. Finally. Finally. We're back to the main story, the main reason why we're continuously watching the show every week, hoping that we're getting it back to this story. And here we are. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, because what about yeah. crosshair since, like, he first left the group, and he's kind of been completely ignored this season. We've only
1: had one episode with crosshair so far, and uh, this is the second, yeah, so this has been a really cool to kind of explore. And um, I was really, really impressed with the story of this episode. This was super cool. And not to mention the environment was awesome. I love a snowy wasteland and this was just, uh it was, it was different, you know, oh, it was man. very different. It was the
0: harshest it was. snow I think we've seen like you, yeah. you, I'd say probably since empire strikes back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh we had flying kind of vulture, like Dragon things, we had like very steep, rocky structures. It was very kind of like spacey looking in a way, you know. Very people uh, freezing to death yeah, on the screen, yeah, yeah. People literally dying of, in the cold, and and uh, yeah, very cool, very cool uh, environment. And um, and I thought it was so just like not like typical, but like almost like ah. Uh, You know, like when they when they kind of just realized what they're basically sacrificing their lives for is just plastic armor parts for the stormtroopers that are coming in to replace them. It was like a moment of like just pure like disheartenment. you know what I mean? Like it's just like, man, you just felt so bad. Like, so betrayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah just for our, for those characters, and, oh wow. and
0: it was a really sad episode. Honestly, I felt really bad for those clone troopers or stuck yeah. there. Yeah, and just like
1: just ignored,
0: being... like they're they're not even treated as people anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the real thing. Is like, were they ever right? Like, were they ever treated as people? Like that's always been an ongoing just to debate. The Jedi, that was and it. Yeah, 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 and here they are, kind of just doing what they do, and. Um, yeah, they're they're basically just being treated as as slaves and and uh, you know it's terrible. Like it's um it was a great it made a great story. Like it made a super fantastic story. And I think at this, I mean, we we talk about Andor being, um, being full of like breaking points for characters and story arcs and you know like really just when is when is when have they had enough right of the Empire? And I think mm-hmm. this was finally the moment. I think mm-hmm. we finally hit a breaking point. Like you know like. The, his friends were not enough to convince him that this is why they're fighting the Empire, right? And, and I think it took a lot more. It took Commander Cody, um, and now it's taken this, to really drive it home. Like, it took him trekking across a snowy wasteland, barely making it alive, and then watching a clone who he actually kind of respected, um, a reg, you know, a regular clone, uh, who he actually kind of came to to respect in his own way and um, just kind of dies on the spot and succumbs to his injuries because of someone's arrogance. And I think, like, that was kind of the last straw. You know what I mean? Mm, makes
0: sense. I mean, but yeah. he already went through this once with the uh, the last commander guy who got blamed for uh, Topoca City, right? And now was just going right. through it all, all over again with this new guy.
1: Yeah, well, he had that mission with with Commander Cody, who uh, um, he basically just went AWOL at the end of the episode, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he didn't want to follow orders, but Crosshair still kind of drilled to follow his orders, so he he executes that that political leader person, and the Empire takes over that planet, and they kind of up and leave. And, uh, you know, Commander Cody has a few last words before he kind of just ditches. Um, and uh, you know that's I guess that stuck with him. And then you know here we are uh, later in the season, kind of seeing a very similar event happen where you know an imperial kind of officer of some kind basically kind of screws him over in a way, and someone dies on his watch uh, because of of their stupid orders that they give, and, and he's just sick of it. You know now he's just done, so he just pulls out the pistol and bam and. Uh, now it looks like he's being held in a research facility on Mount Tantis, which is uh, mm-hmm. where the Zillabies came from, which is where all the Republic Commandos are. It's where the Nalisei is being held captivity. Um, I think yeah, that's where the story's being, heading. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting set up for a big
0: finale, seems yeah. like. So mm-hmm. the rest of the crew are all going to go there, and I'm guessing they'll all meet up and they'll realize that uh, Crosshair's you know, he's, he's changed his perspective on the empire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. maybe he's going to help them get out of a, uh, get out of an issue there and kind of re- rejoin the, yeah, get out of a jam and, and rejoin their, their squad or something like that. Who knows? But, uh, or maybe he'll even just sacrifice his life and, you know, for the, for for omega kind of thing maybe he'll I mean, maybe, maybe. He'll,
0: I feel like this show is getting a little darker. Yeah. Is it just me? Or is it maybe just this episode?
1: I don't know. I think it was just this episode, but um but like uh, yeah, I don't know. Like last week we had the the Zillow Beast show up and I don't know if that was that was a bit quirky right. but well, um, the first half was spooky. Yeah, the first half was spooky. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't I think I think the important thing is we're going back to the story that matters, right? And um, that's really kind of where this show hits hits home is is this that story, like that story arc. yeah. um and uh, you know, I, I was trying to find like I was trying to find a good morale to to what this episode like was trying to do. I, like I don't really know if it had one necessarily, but it connected with me a lot. And I feel like it hit home on a lot of ways, like for a larger audience. So this kind of gained a lot of favor uh, of mine, you know for for the episode. I think it's probably. One of the best episodes of the Bad Batch show that we've ever seen. Um, so,
0: oh wow, okay, you're going that. Far. There was there was not a. Do you whole... think it was a lot of that? Really, I feel like would have come down to the uh, from the clones' perspective because I feel like that's what really brings the show out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so. I think so. It's 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 um it's a great example of like I would put this episode among the greats for for like you know, up there with all the others that kind of brought that issue like front and center, you know, what was like whether or not clones are actually people that should matter and have decisions. And, you know, like that's always been like an ongoing thing in Star Wars, right? I think this episode is a great example of like that subject. Um, mm-hmm. And, and on, uh, that, on,
0: that, on that same subject, we also got some comments from passerby troopers that they're being forced into retirement.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, they're being uh, they're being forced out and um, it, it really still makes me wonder, like how Rex and Wolf and Gregor end up in the service of the Empire all those years later in Star Wars Rebels. It kind of makes me wonder how that worked out. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess what we're trying to what, what what they're what they're trying to say is is like this is what's happening. Like we're, we're they're no longer really caring that much about clones. Like they kind of want them out of their way and you know it's like i think it's how rex puts it like uh oh, we we file a report to the empire every now and again and they just turn the other way <laughs> you know what i mean like it's uh
0: they don't care
1: they don't care yeah they don't, they don't care um so uh I, like this was a new planet that we had never seen before barton 4 so at least as far as my recollection goes um but i thought that was pretty cool i thought this character this had character development through the roof you know this was this was a big moment for crosshair this was uh mayday was a cool character I, yet again like they pull these you know it, it always baffles me just like they're all clones but somehow they still managed to make new characters with clones mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's like so cool like mayday and his squad like they had the their armor was all kind of like bandaged bandaged up and uh, yeah, kind of...
0: I, at first I was thinking about that because it was a cool design. Yeah. At first I thought it was like they were all hurt. And so they had like bandages. But I realized afterwards he was saying how the armor freezes when you're out there. Yeah. And like you'll die in your suit because it's so cold. So I right. think that's actually them trying to add insulation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or some like external layer so that, yeah. Because it makes sense that plas- plastic or in, in what that material is, which is, what's it called? Plastoid? Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's it, it wouldn't yeah. necessarily repel heat. Like to me, it just kind of looks like the kind of material that would just get really cold. Right. And, and it would, then it would only be up to the under layer to kind of protect them from, mm. from like colder or heat or whatever. So it makes sense that they would kind of bandage that up so that it just kind of makes an additional seal of, of like you know, trying to, protect. to keep the heat in. Yeah. 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 And then because they got everything going on right up to the helmet, like they got bandaged on their, on their helmets and everything like that too. So, um, I thought it was a really, really cool, uh, kind of like almost like a post-apocalypse look to a clone trooper. Who's, yeah. You know, like if it's like very like no, it's s- true. scavenger Ray kind of meets, Clone Wars sort of thing. Like, it was very, like... Yeah, actually, it was very rain-like.
0: It was yeah, very... very like, a lot of wraps.
1: Yeah, not necessarily, like, wraps for the heat from the sun, but, like, it was definitely, like, you know, bundled wraps. Like, this is a wrap for, like, ice, cold, temperature kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was super cool. I, I really like seeing all that stuff. Um, and I thought it was also neat that the, the, the,
0: the Raiders would come in and mm-hmm. fight them and steal stuff and one of the things they would do is take the armor off of the dead clones yeah so then the troopers that are left are fighting the armor of their brothers and they all kind of look the same Yeah. both sides like it's
1: yeah yeah there's exactly. like
0: a, a mental element to that too right
1: for sure yeah like i think it was short short of the helmet they were pretty much wearing all the other stuff i think right
0: yeah they left the helmets which is interesting yeah which is why when they uh we're trying to remember all of their comrades, or whatever they have all kind of all the helmets all lined up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that, that brought me back. That brought me back to the end of the Clone War when they have all the helmets on the pikes, you know, at that that last scene with Ahsoka and the in the winter kind of blizzardy mm-hmm. planet that they land on, you know, in 501st. Um, yeah, and then yeah,
0: Vader finds them
1: all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so I didn't have a whole lot in necessarily like things to bring up about this episode, really, other than the fact that I just really enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, did you have anything to bring up before we kind of give the some Pablo points or poodles here? I think
0: we pretty well covered it. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm really excited that we're now getting on to uh, the meat and potatoes here and yeah. kind of see it all come together. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Cross, Crosshair is the most serious character, which is maybe why I like him the most. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're following the main crew of the Bad Batch, I mean it's a cartoon, but if it, it feels more cartoonish, yeah. Whereas is more serious, and if, maybe it feels more like the original Clone Wars because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's a bit, bit it, less kind of quirkiness going on, and uh, less slapstick less, humor, like less, yeah, less comedy, yeah. Kind of yeah. thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, not to the, not the to morals... hate, not to hate on Wrecker, but like I feel like anytime Wrecker's around, there's inevitably some sort of like quirky comedy yeah. related thing yeah, yeah. He, he loosens the tension a lot yeah yeah um uh, so uh let's give this some uh, some points and uh you know i don't know i forget if i've even given anything a three pablo points but i'm just gonna give this a three pablo point i think this is a oh, great dang! yeah yeah i think this is an ace for for storytelling you know i think mm-hmm. like you know i i i feel like i've given something between a two and a three before and i just think this was like a real standout episode like if i were to take any episode of the bad batch so far and just kind of present it to someone as just here this is a good story for like representing what this show is about or like Mm -hmm. this is a good animated star wars story you say that in its but then if they watch it, they'll be let down from rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm giving this one the A plus, not necessarily the whole season, but like, yeah, we're, we're rated per episode. That's why we're doing per episode ratings. But, uh, but no, I agree. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, three, I think three Pablo points. Like, it, it deserves anything close to that. Like this, this is this was so good to fit this amount of like emotion and sadness and action. And just good storytelling, all in a, a manner of like twenty-five minutes, is great.
0: No, that is fair.
1: I thought I thought I'm it was like good. Go. Good character development, you know, added to mm-hmm. uh, gave depth to to. I mean, we saw a new planet. We got a few uh, a few kind of lore related things. You know, new scavenger kind of looking crew. Like there was some good design work going on here. Um, we had uh, we had Mayday show up. A whole new kind of Subset of of uh, possible like clone army slash backstory going on some remnants of a of a, a battalion that that just get thrown into this wasteland to do this dirty work. Um, I wonder whose Jedi general that they were fall under. I, mean, I who knows? Like, maybe there's a story there too. Um, I feel like there wasn't. I, I feel like anyone who saw this episode connected with it on some level, and and uh, even though it didn't maybe not necessarily have like a good uh, or like a standout kind of like lesson learned moment. I feel like it still had that that element that was kind of very standout in No, I, I would well. disagree with that
0: because I think the lesson, the lesson, maybe it's more of a lesson specifically for crosshairs so any more character development, but he, at the beginning of the episode, he wasn't willing to bring back a dead body of any like
1: fallen comrades or anything, right? He said they're dead
0: weight he refers to them.
1: I, I would call so that, I would end. call that good character. I would call that character development. I think that falls yeah. under character development just because like, um, yeah, it, there, there isn't really a lesson learned there. I think what he's really kind of cluing, cluing into is like, uh, <laughs> don't abandon your friends. <laughs> I, I think what he's really cluing into though is, um, is like a respect for this person, right? Like he's, we've always thought of crosshair as like this kind of like lone wolf, kind of like, you know, don't die. Yeah. And like, literally he's like Mayday kind of says, remind me not to die on your watch. Like when he kind of finds out that he would have just kind of left his body there. Right. Um, I think in that short time span, um, Mayday earns crosshairs respect and like in a way that kind of works out to him really, uh, changing his mind about bringing his body back. Right. Like he, he actually does save him in a way and bring him back and I think that's what's the breaking point is like he goes through all this effort to save him and then brings his body back and then he dies because this fool doesn't get him a medic you know like and it's just like that is super frustrating like, I don't think there's any kind of moral to it but I think it's incredible character development I think that's incredible writing you know that that we kind of have a moment like that and you know this is this is kind of the result of like kind of what what comes out of it um, right But it, you know, it ticked kind of like four out of the five boxes for me. And like, I think that was enough. That was enough to kind of give me like, give me the impression that I don't want to say this is as good as it gets. But uh, this is definitely a great example of like what a good story is like, you know, within the context of Star Wars that can be animated, it can be serious, you know, it can be for kids and for adults, all audiences can enjoy a story like this. And and feel for these characters, and I think like a good That's story, right. good story is like when you can really feel these characters, you know, and relate to them. Because uh, no, I agree.
0: Because like even just watching this episode, I was like really paying attention to what I know what was going to happen, as opposed to some episodes, even this season, where it's like sometimes you're fighting to not look at your phone and stuff.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, this one just kind of had me absorbed, and I was like, whoa, this is this is good stuff. Yeah. So uh, three so. Pablo points for me. How, how many uh, How many are you getting? Damn. Hmm. I'm trying to think of flaws of
0: why I'm not going to do the same, but I, I'm going to go with a two just because three, to me, I feel like you really have to go above and beyond. To me, like, that's... I, I, I'd i say the only Star Wars content I would feel comfortable giving a three is, like, Empire Strikes Back. So
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to give it a two because, like I said, it just it really pushed everything in all the ways that a good show needs to, and just really drew you in. And I it focused on this. There's, there's some bias here. I will admit because it focused on the storylines that I like, which is a lot of the clone stuff, a lot of the transition to the empire stuff. And it was a serious tone, which is not a lot of slapstick nonsense. Like the only scene I would actually consider to be slapstick in the entire episode, not really slapstick, but just a joke is when and it was, it was well delivered because the, it's during the mine scene when Crosshair stepped on the mine and then Mayday like is trying to like set it so it doesn't go off when he left his foot. And he's still just like, hey, hey don't move yet. I'm going to go hide around the corner like just in case.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Sweet. So two Pablo points from you and three from me. And, uh, and I guess that sums up our thoughts on the Bad Batch. Um, we got one more small thing to bring up before we wrap it up today. So, let's get into some news on the podcast. You can call me not more. At last we will reveal more news on the podcast. <laughs> right. So, um, here yeah, let's bring up the hologram here because uh, we got some results from the Uteni book madness. Uh, a whole yeah. new, a whole new set of uh, of results. I've been voting. I don't know if anyone else has been voting, but I'm gonna drop a link in the description. Uh, basically, if you follow UTNE on Twitter, and I don't know if they're running the same polls on on Instagram or wherever else, but Twitter, you can definitely participate. Uh, it's always one versus another. They always pit uh, a trilogy of books or like a set of books or one book against another book, uh, and it's basically going for like three rounds uh, whatever, whatever one gets the higher votes, makes it to the next round and so on and so forth. Uh, so last week, I feel like we made it all the way down. I think it was like almost half the list for, um, kind of like results, uh, from this thing. So I'll, I'll read through the next set of results and we can kind of just talk about like what, what we thought about this. And then, uh, next week we got a final third set of results for that first round, uh, before we, we'll start talking about round two in the later weeks. So, uh, here's our next set. Um, we'll start off with. Um, I think uh, we, we already talked about Jedi Lost last time. Okay, so um, Master and Apprentice versus Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. Uh, we had Master and Apprentice win out in that match. Um, Thank goodness. If that didn't work out that way, I would have been very upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had uh, the Queen's, this is the Padme books, uh, the Queen's Trilogy versus Outbound Flight. And outbound flight actually took the crown on that one. So that's
0: outbound flights. Outbound so that's, flight. That's the new canon. That's yeah, expanded. It's An old X-wing series. It was, oh, it but is That's expanded. actually okay. yeah. So
1: outbound flight is the uh, uh, the expanded universe novel. Um, mm-hmm. The the Queen trilogy is the canon set of books, which uh, which is uh, more recently the third one I think came out last year. So, okay. um, yeah. So, surprisingly, because those are like some really good books. It's Wait, AJ's set flight, favorite books. Isn't that the song? Yeah, Uh, You know, I I actually don't know. Feel free to look it up. Um, it might be. I, I think, think it, it is. is. I think it is. I, I think, think you're is, right. It? Th- it's like prequel era. Uh, there's something about Palpatine. I feel like it's prequel era. I think it's like Pal- it's like this. Ch- Chancellor Palpatine sends out a a ship of people somewhere, and it had some sort of story that played into a story that came up later in the in the expanded universe. But, um, is that... I think I, this
0: is... Yeah, yeah, I think this is the... Uh, yeah, TempT is on. Up and Flight, um, this is me going off memory, now that I've seen the imagery, remember that this is on. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when they first discovered the chess race.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar. Because
0: they're just beyond the outer rim. And for those who don't know, the Chiss race, that's what a Grand Admiral Thrawn is.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I'm reading the internal flap summary on Wikipedia, and you're right, yeah, it does have something to do with the Chiss. Yeah. So, uh, the canon kind of version of this is the new Thrawn books that they've been doing um, in the prequel-ish era. Like, it was, I think, Thrawn Alliances, which is kind of like, if anything, similar to this, similar-ish, you know, to the story that was being told in the Outbound Flight, but... Um, But yeah, anyway, that that book won over the Padme Trilogy. Uh, Next set was uh, the High Republic Light of the Jedi versus the Old Republic Revan uh, and Light of the Jedi won. Uh, We had the Princess and the Scoundrel versus X-Wing Wraith Squadron series and X-Wing won out. Uh, We had Bloodline versus Shadows of the Empire. That's a canon book versus EU book and Bloodline won really yeah i'm very surprised by that uh yeah yeah shadows of the empire i think that was the book that introduced prince Shizor, uh, or uh or had a prominent story with him at least um i feel like there's a game that's based on the same on the shadow Um, i don't know maybe i'm mistaken on that i forget Um, yeah no
0: that's that's the dash render game you're thinking of
1: oh yeah yeah right yeah is that one called shadows of the empire or am I going crazy? Shadows is something, might be Shadows Empire. Where's Phil when you need him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where's Phil? Yeah, we're <laughs> Phil's probably screaming at us through his headphones right now. Um, <laughs> all right, so there's probably, uh, so here's another set Thrawn uh, Alliances and um, uh, th- uh, Thrawn uh, Treason. So those two books versus Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate, and Naturally the Thrawn Books. One, <laughs> yes, uh, Shadows the
0: Empire is the name of that game.
1: Awesome, yeah, so it is based on the same name. And that, there's a novel of the game oh maybe that is it is. maybe that is it then yeah
0: man phil's gotta yelling at us so hard right now yeah he's
1: like <laughs> how could you not know <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. all right so, all right so next round round 15 was uh or uh, sorry match 15 was uh dark disciple my favorite Star Wars book ever uh versus cloak of deception and dark disciple did win uh, there was a Thrawn Ascendancy uh, trilogy. The new series. The, the, new, yeah. the new Thrawn trilogy, in addition to the new Thrawn trilogy. So there's there's now <laughs> six new Thrawn books in the canon, if anyone needs to know that. So this is the, the second trilogy of Thrawn books. And uh, that was Versus the High Republic Into the Dark. Uh, and the new Thrawn trilogy did win. Uh, the episode three Revenge of the Sith novelization versus Yoda Dark Rendezvous and the novelization one uh, set 18 included Shadow of the Sith versus Dr. Afra the audiobook and Shadow of the Sith did win. Uh, we had uh, the, the last two set was um, the High Republic the Fallen Star versus Darth Maul Shadow Hunter and the High Republic Fallen Star one. Um, and the final set uh, for, for this this week, uh, at least, uh, is uh, Catalyst, uh, a Rogue One novel versus Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, Outpost, and Catalyst, a Rogue One novel one, which, that by was the a way,
0: novel, if I remember. great
1: book, yeah, written by uh, James Lucino, if I'm not mistaken, oh, who yes, also the wrote the Darth, Darth, Darth Plagueis. B- yeah, that's right. Yeah, he also wrote Darth Plagueis. Um, and uh, Darth Plagueis is coming up. I think it's one, two, three sets away. From being uh, 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 fighting for its uh, life against allegiance and choices of one, uh, I have a feeling Darth Plagueis is going to win. But that's a tough matchup because I know that you're a big fan of those stories, uh, allegiance, are, and and one. One. <laughs> cho- allegiance and Choices of One. The Allegiance and Choices of One—that was the ones where they had the, the the stormtroopers go rogue and Mary Jade, I think, was a right. introduced was a to novel. Star Wars. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like that one.
1: Yeah, so two two prominent uh, expanded universe stories there. Um, so there is. Well, was...
0: that's actually that's a back that's a prequel for Mara Jade.
1: A prequel. Oh, okay. All right. All right.
0: The, you first meet Mara Jade
1: in the Thrawn Trilogy. That's where her and Luke meet. Got it. Got it. Uh, so yeah, we're about two thirds of the way through this first round. Uh, this Utini book madness is pretty sweet. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. There's um, we have. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 12 more sets for round one. And then we'll be talking about round two results. Um, so yeah, anyone who it's wants two, to participate. Is it two weeks then? It, this, is, round? this is going on for, for another like two weeks, I imagine. So they post mm-hmm. multiple matches per day. So I find, I think there's like maybe two or three votes per kind of 24, 48 hour uh, period of time. Uh, so as long as you're, uh, you can literally, as long as you have an account on on Twitter, you can literally just find them. You don't even need to follow Utini. You could just kind of hit up their profile and just scroll down their profile and just kind of, you know,
0: click can which you make, cl-
1: click your version that you want. Click the ones you want to win. Can you
0: make multiple Twitter accounts and vote more than once?
1: I imagine so, but that's a bit of a hassle. Oh, yes. well,
0: we can't really. Tr- if there's a book that wins that I don't like, then i'm gonna say it was probably russian bots
1: so so long <laughs> so long as you can uh uh so long as you can vote the russian
0: for... bots are really like the high republic That's uh, I, mean, I, I i just hope the russian bots <laughs> like
1: uh, like dark disciple because i'm I'm rooting for that one to be at least in the final set of of um of finals here i think th- so there's four rounds and Those then semi-finals and then imperial finals.
0: bots <laughs> They'd be Imperial bots, pro yeah. droids. Twitter pros. Pro droids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, that sums up our teeny Book madness. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we got for the week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we have another episode, of course, of Bad Batch and Mandalorian coming out on Disney Plus this week on Wednesday. Uh, So we're looking forward to chatting about that next week. And we still have a High Republic book review to um, get through at some point. I think we're going to hit that up sometime kind of after Mandalorian, but before any new Star Wars stuff like uh, Jedi Survivor or anything like that. So uh, that is on the horizon, approaching fast. Um, Mm, Exciting. Yeah, yeah. And Uh, we still at one point will review the
0: final novel of the... Uh, phase One High Republic trilogy. Yeah, May that's trilogy. that's the one I'm
1: talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah
0: It's yeah. been so long; I've forgotten the
1: name. <laughs> the Fallen Star.
0: <laughs> this is gonna. Be, okay, this is gonna be a tough review when everything has already been repressed. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I actually, <laughs> I actually like this book. All right,
1: cool, cool. That's, that's good. To, that's good to know. Um, yeah. All right, sweet. Um, so um, looking forward to chatting about all that kind of stuff. And uh, any last minute things you want to bring up before we wrap it up here?
0: Just uh, waiting to figure out how in the world we're gonna watch Star Wars Celebration.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a, a great news to bring up. Is uh, that they, they sent out an update? We will get Celebration live, but
0: Quick, hit, hit the Celebration button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can. I, let's do a That's Yeah.
0: Good.
1: That'll work. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, we like, will. What the heck were
0: they thinking?
1: After all, we will get Celebration Live, so that's super awesome uh, because uh, we were super worried that we wouldn't get to watch this online. But at least it'll be similar to last year. We won't get access to all the panels, but I think you and I are gonna be able to figure something out. We'll be uh, we'll be doing our daily celebration sit downs and catch ups, and kind of have just an open kind of recording channel for anyone to kind of pop in and give their thoughts. And I think that'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yeah, so,
1: you know, save the date. Save the dates, yeah. Celebration weekend. All right. We'll catch you in the next episode, uh, in the next in the next episode. We'll <laughs> 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 see you later, my friend.
0: See you out there. Keep flying.
1: All right, thank you so much for all of you guys tuning in. You can find us on our social handles at SW Escape Podcast and our email is at uh, is SW Podcast at gmail.com. You can find it all in the description below along with a link to our Discord server, which you can join and join the Star Wars forums. Subscribe to the YouTube, leave us a review, five stars, hit that like button, and may the Force be with you. We'll see you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Plan.